Rock the Ripple. Rock the Ripple. The Rock the Ripple Podcast with Narita McInnes. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rock the Ripple podcast. I'm your host, Narita McInnes. It is so awesome to be here with you as always. And today is another very awesome day because I am about to be joined. Well, I am joined by the one and only Nathan Francis. He is a youth self-sabotage coach. He is the host of the Breaking Free podcast. He is a mentor. He is a writer. He wears many hats. He is the one and only Nathan. He's an all-round awesome dude. Welcome, Nathan, to the show. Thank you, Narita. Thanks for the introduction. That was that was awesome. I did love I say, in, in, love that. Did, did I say youth self sabotage? Yeah, coach? I said I, I said yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. It. Don't edit that bit out. That 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 bit's got to stay. It's got to stay. It's got to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Nathan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've uh, we've been chatting to each other all day, which has been fun. Uh, we've had some good chin wags so far, and now you are on the podcast. For people who may not know who you are, can you give us a bit of a rundown about you, Nathan? Oh, I can. Yeah. So I'm Nathan. Obviously, Nathan Francis. Um, I've lived a very interesting life prior to 2020. I'm 29 now. Uh, when I was in, so 2020 would have been what 26 yeah 26 25 26 yeah lived a very interesting life from this well before the um the the thing started the thing that shook the world well, actually shook me too mm-hmm. i was off on an interesting journey when that all started narita my first experience into the whole awakening thing was watching a jeffrey epstein documentary mm-hmm. at the start of 2020 and that sort of opened my eyes to what was going on in terms of child trafficking so that's where I sort of went down the rabbit hole of. And uh, I'll never forget the day that I reunited with Dale. So Dale was a lovely guest. He was a guest on, on your show, guest on mine a few times too. So Dale and I are really good buddies. And he was from the town where I was from. And I did a university placement with him like years prior when I was like you know, in my early 20s. And he would always tell me about microwave food and genetically modified corn and just plant some seeds. I actually went away and researched. I was like, oh, that, I still went away and used the microwave and did the genetically modified corn thing for a bit. But anyway, I circled back to Dale this day after I watched the, um, as you'll go with my story, a day after I shift something, the day, like the, the next day help arrives. So mm. I sort of, at the end of that documentary on Netflix, they don't say it anymore, but they said on the end of it, it is a worldwide scale operation. And I was like, I need to find out more about that. Like mm-hmm. my soul, intuition, whatever it was, was like, you need to. So next day I'll say Dale at the local sports store, you know, during the whole thing, him and I are shaking hands and hugging and people are like, what are these two doing? Like, aren't we supposed to be scared of a virus that wasn't really proven to exist? But anyway, mm-hmm. Dale and I are in there and I just said, I said, Dale, I'll just watch that Jeffrey. I've seen Doco. He's like, oh, did you watch that? I was like, yeah, I'm sort of about to go down the hole of the child trafficking. Have you got any information for Australia's involvement in this? Because it said, well, what? I was like, well, what's happening in our backyard? Mm. How dark do we go? That was like, just research Rachel Vaughan, Fiona Barnett, Rena Michelson. And I literally left him in that sports store and just bolted home and jumped on my computer and looked at his messages. He sent me all the links to their testimonials, Fiona's book. Mm-hmm. I was on the path then. You can't not. I was like, this is happening on a worldwide scale. Yeah. But our backyard is like, it's it's really, really bad. Mm. And then I learned about South Australia with Rachel Vaughan. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. Like, not only are they telling us to do all these things, but they're actually satanically abusing us like they did to those kids, but they're doing it on a worldwide scale. And I'm like, mm. how is no one else seeing this? Like, I tried to tell every single Tom, Dick, and Harry that this is not what you see. Yeah. Like they're doing this to you, but they've done it to the kids underground for centuries. Mm. It's like you look at the the Wood Royal Commission and I was like, oh, my God. Like this guy is standing there by himself, like prime ministers, lawyers, judges, celebrities. It's like the list, it, it's there. He has said it, but people still deem it as a conspiracy. But there was a Royal Commission into it and his mm. speech was at the commission. Mm. I'm like, how can people not understand what is happening? I was... I was lost. I was like, I was like on my own, but I was very grateful that my brother, like every time I'd find something out, he'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. It was just really awesome to have him with me because he's done the spiritual healing journey stuff too as well, which has been even better. Mm. And we were able to to reconnect as brothers too. But yeah, I was your your 25-year-old male that would 
drink, party, sleep around, do drugs. If it was everyone else was doing it, I would just do it. Um, went to Europe and did that as well. I'd sleep around. I was, your, you know, a lot of young people call them fuck boys or womanizers or players. I was, I was all of that because of my scarring and what I was running away from. And I often talk about being a Usain Bolt Olympic sprinter at running away from myself. Like I'd always be on the 100 meter track, just running that way, never wanting to sit with myself. So, yeah, I was your typical young male that did all those things, but was able to to see something else that I could do other than doing that. And was heading down a very dark path for a long time. And yeah, I'm very grateful to be able to share that now to then help others get off their dark path because that dark path, I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't have walked that path. Mm. And it started with the child trafficking stuff, to be honest with you. But yeah. that sort of heightened my self-sabotage. Like I just was like, I, I couldn't handle the truths of the world. It just like, it's like far out. But mm. I always, I felt like I always knew and I was just relearning the information. Yeah. So I yeah, it was pretty, pretty brutal to learn the child trafficking rabbit hole first up. Mm. But it was what I chose to learn, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I mean, we chatted on your podcast that that is definitely a real hard pill to swallow as oh. being the first thing that you dive down. Cause I was saying to you, like mine was a slow unraveling domino effect. And then, oh. you know, when I got to that, it wasn't a surprise or a shock. Mm. It wasn't, it was like a knowing, like you do, yeah. you just, you know, this is going on. Um, but it's, I mean, it's also like literally the day before I, I watched that documentary, I remember driving to work that day and they were talking about it on the radio. And I'm like, something inside was telling me to watch that documentary. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty powerful. Yeah, it's full on. It it's mm. and I think I think like with your experience as well, like you're saying, you 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 sent bro away from yourself. Like oh, the yeah. topic is so tr- triggering for a lot of people. It's too much and it's mm. just the it's it can't be believed because it just doesn't seem like something that they would do, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me that whenever I would be on that track, it took me a long time to realize I was on the track, but things in my life would play out that I have now learned that I was like, I was always running for myself, Mm. but it was, I was always running from learning the truth. Yeah. And that were the truths that existed within me. And it was why I was scared and scarred from love why I was in fear of being something better, why I wasn't afraid to speak, why I stopped writing. Like I would love to tell you the story why I stopped writing. And then there's so many other things. It's like this all makes sense. Mm. It was, and it's like you look in the mirror and go, well, it was always you stopping yourself. Mm. So then to then be in the frustration and the resentment towards myself for stopping myself was another path where I was like, it knocked me for six when I was like, well, this all happened on my watch. Mm. but then you look at the world and it's all happening on our watch as well but the world truths are just encouraging us to go within and learn ours as well to help that process forward yeah because it's like well where am i lying in in my life well the world's lying to you every single day so it's like well where am i lying where am i not showing up for myself where am i not being who i should be Mm, and for me to learn all of that very quickly i'm very grateful for it but like some of the stuff i was learning about myself oh Honestly, knock knock me for six. Still learning. I shared some stuff with you. The um, some stuff that was that brought up some really deep emotional stuff. It's like you're still learning, but it's such a special journey to embark on when you, you actually sit with yourself and face the truth that exists within. Mm. And it's often why you're behaving the way you are and why you're that doing those things. And it's due to mine was just deep program from the school system, and I'm happy to share that now. Mm. Absolutely. Well, um, that's the thing. You you do have to sit with yourself and be able to look at all parts of yourself, just yeah. like you look at all parts of the world. You're looking at the good, bad. The I had this. I had this voice in my head, Narita, and I love to share that story too. I had yeah. this voice in my head for a long time, and I'll I'd often go out drinking and do my thing, bring a woman home, and then send her off on on her way the next morning and be a real rude prick to that woman. Right. Mm. So I had a I had a girlfriend that cheated on me. So that was sort of like my patterning. So once I realized that, I was like, well, that's who I'm attracting, women mm-hmm. like that, due to other things that went on in my life that one day I will speak about. So it's like, well, this is who I'm attracting in. So how can I change that? Well, I need to change myself. So it's so it's like, well, what so that scarred me from love. So then I was being that 
I was being that guy that would do all that to the women. Like we get to the exclusive stage and I'd be like, I kiss your best friend or I ghost you. Mm. I do those things. I was that guy. I just didn't want that commitment or that love. I, I just was just shunting it away, but I was subconsciously doing it. I didn't know why I was doing it because yeah. I'd seen the regret and go, well, she was really nice. Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. I didn't know why I did it mm. until the day I sat with myself and just started working this stuff out. I was like, oh my God, why am I so scarred from love? Well, there was a little boy there that was just, just needed some love, but I only, I can give him, give him that love. And that's the inner child work we do. Mm. So then when you put something out to the universe, Narita, I often get it back and I get it back in spades. So when I started this journey, I put it out there that I wanted to apologize to the women, the women that I hurt. And there was about four or five of them. Mm. So I put it out there. I said, if I'm supposed to apologize to these women, they'll come back into my life. I shit you not, Narita, the, the next day I'm in the supermarket back when I was still shopping there. I was, I was in the supermarket, right? And I'm standing right next to a woman that I hadn't seen since I heard her. She was standing right there in front of me. I said, well, if I'm supposed to apologize, I will. Mm. Guess what? I was like, hey, name I won't say. Yeah. I, I'm sorry for what I did. Like I'm, I was just a broken boy. Um, I was scared and scarred from love and I've done all the work on myself. And I understand now that I'm really sorry for hurt, for hurting you the, the way I did. She was like, I'm so, I'm so thankful to hear you say that. Mm. But then it happened three more times. But the <laughs> next one is the one that will just blow your mind. I went back to my old job doing some after school care stuff about this time last year. And we're in a room of six of 60 kids, right? With staff everywhere. And this woman walks in as like an OT for one of the kids that has, we can talk about why kids have ADHD and stuff. I have a different view as to why these kids have that. Those kids don't want to be in the system and they just get labeled with something that they're, they're just rebels, right? Mm. Anyway, this kid was seeing his OT and I'm like, oh my God, that's, oh, it's happened again. And this one was the one I really hurt the most that I felt the most guilt and resentment and shame for myself over hurting. Because when I got out of that, that previous relationship, she was the first woman I met after that. And I was still had all the scarring and I was just, we saw each other for about probably three or four months. And if she is listening, um, I hopefully I can share this story now, but not say your name. So mm-hmm. she's in the school and I'm, and I went in, into the kitchen and this is when I sort of got my spiritual stuff going. And I went, if I'm supposed to apologize to her, all the kids will leave the room and it'll just be me and her in here. You know, I shit you not, Narita. I walk out of that room and all the kids are out in the basketball court. They're all outside. It was just me and her in the room. I, I shit you not. Yeah. They all left in that mm. five-minute period where I went, if I'm supposed to apologize, they'll all leave. Mm. And I turn around and walk out the door and they're all gone and she's just in there. I'm like, all right, you know what? Hey, name, I won't say. I am so sorry. And I said, I had all, I, I'm really sorry for how I treated you. I really liked you, but I didn't know what that feeling was. I never had it before. I don't want to work on myself. Mm. And she's like, oh my God, thank you for saying that. Like, And she's like, it just helped her help me, help her help me. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> so whenever I put something out into the universe, out in the spirit, whatever you want to call it, I get it back and I'll get it back the next day. And when I quit drinking, so it was two years ago, Monday, Narita, that I actually quit drinking forever. Mm-hmm. So this is the next part of my story. So it was the AFL grand final. Mm-hmm. I sort of had one last night. I just learned about, like during the whole COVID thing, I, I didn't drink. I exercised a lot. So that was then my next form of self-sabotage. I would just, I'd run 30, 40 K in a week and then ride that much and more. So I was just, see, always running away. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what you do. You can still run away. So I was still running away, but I I said to myself that night, I went in the mirror, I went, Nath, this is it. Like this is your last night of doing the drugs, trying to get, being a prick to women, trying to sleep with them and all that. I didn't sleep with anyone that night either. Mm-hmm. And just drink and just drink and just do your thing. And then I woke up next morning. I was like, so hungover. Like I was so crook. Mm-hmm. Like, I had about three hours sleep and I'm laying in bed. I had Adrian Domenico's podcast pop up and Dale was the one that suggested he interviewed Jason Christoph. Mm-hmm. And I watched that podcast. Jason didn't. And he was talking about self-sabotage. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It just like, I was like, negative talk, tick, yeah. drinking, tick, people pleasing, big tick drugs tick um working a job you don't like and you don't and you don't know why you're doing the things you do tick mm. being a prick to him watching porn porn was my biggest vice i'll happily share how i got out of that too tick mm. i ticked every box and i went i'm the king of self-sabotage mm. and he even spoke about when people have these programs 
they will destroy themselves and their life with anything that good that comes in because they're not worthy of it. I went, that's my biggest tick. Anything good in my life that would come to me, I would be like, nah, self-destruct. Mm. I was like, oh my God. So I listened to all these podcasts, read all these articles, was emailing all the time going, mate, I need some advice on how to get myself out of this hole. Two months later, he opened up his like coaching school. And I was like, I have to do this. I don't care how much it is. It's mm. 10 grand, 20 grand. I'm just going to do it. I went, yep, no, nah, doing it. And then it completely changed my life. I like, I learned everything about myself. I went, shit. <laughs> but then how can I help others do it? So it's like, well, I learned all this information to then go, well, this is how I'm going to help Tom today. Be like, well, this is what you do, do what you do, brother. And I've been there. Mm. So let me help you help you through this because mm. I've been there. And it's like the most beautiful program it was an awesome journey. And then the spiritual stuff started. Because when you learn and you get yourself healthy, which we both know, if you can get your vessel healthy, mm-hmm. your body can do some pretty powerful shit. And it can tell you things and show you things and direct you and wherever you want to. It's like you listen to this thing called the human heart. Mm-hmm. Far out, man. Your life's going to change. And then I listened to spirit and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Grandfather, my, some family around me, I'm like, they've always been there. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were always there. And I'm like, as soon as I started listening, my life just started changing. Yeah, It was the most incredible journey and I'm so grateful for it. I'm very grateful now to help people connect with their team during session with me. Like I connect you up with these, with yourself first to then allow that in. It's the most beautiful thing. Yeah, it like, is a beautiful thing. That And I talk about that voice in the back of my head. Like that voice in the back of my head was like, Nate, you got to stop drinking. you got to stop partying. you got to stop doing these things. Like you're just running down a life that's not for you. I, I'd hear it all the time. I do a quantum healing session with an awesome woman called Vicky who one day is going to change his world with the work she does. I hope she listens to this. I know she will. So Vicky, hello. You're awesome. I was laying on her table and I was like, grandpa, he's like that voice you're hearing. It's mine. Um, I'm just losing it. I'm like, you were telling me to change this whole time. He's like, yeah, I was telling you to change. You would listen to what I have to say. I've been trying to talk to you since, since I passed on. And I was like, oh my God. Because then I went back to when I was 17 when, when he died and he's standing in the kitchen. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be dead? He's like, nah, I'm still here. I'm like, I saw your body like 12 hours prior. It's like midnight and I can't sleep because I'm mourning your death, but you're in, you're standing in my kitchen. Mm. Like, yeah, no, nah, I'm 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 still here, mate. Is what he said. I'm like, oh my God. And I didn't do anything about it until 12 years later. I'm laying on the table. I went back to that moment. I'm like, oh my God. How long have you been trying to talk to me for? He's like, well, I'm trying to talk to you for 12 years, Nathan. Now I'm so proud of you for listening. And I was just like in a pit of full of tears mm. because it's like he's still here, but we mourn the physical body, but the soul and spirit lives on forever. And listening to that guidance, and then there's other guidance as well in terms of archangel angels and um, all these other beings that we can talk about if you really want to go woo-woo, but it's like, well, they're all here. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing because I've tapped into that and it's like, I've got my power back and it's like, no one's ever going to take that away from me again. Mm, So that's sort of like my quickening. You could call it. It's not really an awakening for me. It was a quickening. It was a quickening. It happened really fast for you, didn't it? Yeah. Like I drop a habit. I drop the drink. Then I have the Jason stuff come in. I drop all these habits. And then as soon as the spiritual stuff started, that, that, that was it. I was like, well, this just like, I can't not follow this path anymore. And once I work out and I have these visions of the future of what I'm going to do for humanity, it's like, I can't not do that because my soul wants to do that. I'm doing that. And I don't care how I get there. Well, I did used to care how I got there. I don't care anymore. It's like, I'm, I know where that end goal is. Mm. And it's like, be grateful for the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Be grateful for the journey. And again, when those things do start happening, like, mm. They were always happening. It's just you're now aware to be able to listen to it, to be able to hear it. It's like when mm. you've got the eyes to see and then you've got the ears to hear, you know, and yeah. and everyone goes through their process in different ways and the fact that you've just so tuned in and tapped in now. But I always was. Has, yeah, you always were, but it's yeah. like it's switched on. Like I had crazy. this little kid that just loved mm. writing fancy stories, loved writing about footy. Like I was an Essendon fan growing up. I loved James yeah. Hurd. And then when that... When that drugs thing happened, the Asada stuff, that sort of was my path of I didn't that's my that might even start my path because that's that that broke me that that whole thing with the AFL and the Essen and stuff. Like once I learned the truth of that too, that the AFL is not who they say they are, and this yeah. whole that whole thing was basically staged for the the awakening is happening now. I'm like, oh my god, okay. 
So that's what started me off on the path of not liking footy much anymore. Yeah. And that was like 10, 15 years ago and that all came out. But I was a James Hurd man. I love that guy. Like he was my hero. So I'd be yeah. writing stories in school going, James Hurd's kick, kick the guy after the siren and the whole crowd's cheering. And then I used to write that myself doing it. I'd like be in the backyard, kicking the footy, being the hero at the end. And I used to write about it all the time. And I remember mm. being in grade one or grade two or grade prep. I'm mm. sitting there playing Lego or something on the floor. And the teacher's like to mum and dad, oh, you don't really want Nathan writing about that stuff anymore. You need to be writing what everyone else is writing about, like weekend recounts and information reports and learning, like the teacher would write something on the board and you copy it. I wasn't interested in writing about that. I, it was mm. shit. I'm just going to say it was shit. I hated it. I was like, I want to write about the stories I was writing. I've still got some of them. And to go back and read them and have that moment with myself too, was this inner child there? Mm. I'm like, oh my God. Mm. That was my that was my writing ability taken away from me in an instant right there when she said yeah. that. So I, I, I heard it. Because whenever I went to speak in public or I went to write, it's like that child was there saying, not allowed to you've been that not worthy. No one in that audience or no one online is going to resonate with you because that was the deep receded program I had. It was like, that child that that five or six years old was like, no, 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 you're that teacher deemed it not not worthy. So you're you're not worthy. Mm. So I was always scared to speak up. I was always stuttering. I haven't stuttered here once. Mm. I was always that that not so I was confident, but if I was to speak my mind, I wouldn't be confident speaking my mind because I wanted to please everyone around me. Yeah. So I didn't think that they'd agree with what I had to say. But the only person that agreed with what I had to say was, was my brother. And I'm so grateful he did because I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for him either. So mm. it's like that child was like, Nathan, oh, actually, that child was blocking me from speaking up. Mm, yeah. I went back to that child on on in a, in a child and I said to him, I said, mate, I see you, I hear you, I value you, I acknowledge you, I appreciate you, but most importantly, I, I love you. Mm. And I was like, oh, just that release and then to tap into that. And I, was, and I also said, I am you, you are me, we are one. We're going to write an awesome comeback story. And that comeback story was writing my book that's going to be published soon. It's like I tapped into that three-year-old's creative energy and creative drive. Like I tapped into that little boy's passion for writing. And I wrote my book in six weeks because that child was validated. He was heard. He was seen. He was told that people are going to resonate with him and he was just out. And that that drive and that passion, that energy just flowed through me. And I sit with that child now. I wrote all my blogs now with him because that's that's my writing ability. Mm. And it was taken away by a school teacher that is never going to take that away from me again. Mm, yeah yeah it's very powerful and I think that sort of thing happens to so many of us and that's the reason why so many of us haven't done what we're here to truly do what we is in our heart for us to do and Mm. to be able to sit with yourself and give yourself love um your your inner child and to be able to do that healing I mean it's so powerful it's it so is. powerful. Mm. And there's so many other versions of me that have popped up back up in time. It's like yeah. when I first moved up here to Queensland a few weeks ago, like that that player guy was there. Like I found myself doing the things I preach about. Like I found myself mm. watching the porn again and getting mm. Tinder and these things. I love how the u- the universe works with me. I didn't speak to one woman on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Whereas back many years ago, I would have had multiple on there. I didn't yeah. speak to one of them. It's like the universe was like, Nathan, this is like, you need to deal with this this version of you that's here. Mm. So I was like looking at women again, like looking at them like that womanizer. And I had all these things. Going. I was like, why is this happening? It's like, I had to go back and deal with that version of myself and forgive him for, for the way he was because he's writing my next book. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it's, it was just the universe was showing me to deal with that version, like forgive that guy. Mm. Because that's not who I am anymore. But I had to move out of where I was to learn that that's not who I am anymore. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it is powerful. And I think that's like so many of us, we can, we go like a few steps forward and then a few steps back and we get get shown where we've been. Do we want to go down that track again? Because every version of us exists. It's just a matter of which one we want to tap into and be aligned with for Agreed. this time. And we want to be here have and experience life at our highest vision. So you were shown that for a reason. You went through that for a reason. And you know, yeah. oh, actually, this isn't where I resonate anymore. I'm not going to be there anymore. No, and I had to. And it's like everything that, that comes up, I always get shown what it is. And then I don't listen to it. So then my brother will shake me up to it or someone will shake me up to it if I can't yeah. shake myself up to it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm always um getting shown stuff where I need to 
in, to in, to improve. But I guess this time last year, it was like I'd sit in it for such a long time. You sort of get better at sitting in it. You sort of get better at, like it's not, doesn't last as long. No. Like when, when we moved up here, I had a lot of emotions come up. I had the uncomfortability of not being where I was, two states away from being back where I was as well. Like I had all that come up plus that, Plus that um fuckboy guy, it's like I had a lot come up when, when I moved when I when I moved away. It's like I'm finally able just to relax and breathe now, mm. which is why this is happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And when does your book come out, by the way? Um, in the next few months, hopefully. Mm. Um, I'm just waiting to get their copy that they've edited back so that I can yeah. marry it up with the one I did, see what's missing, and if I can get that put back in, hopefully there's nothing missing from it. It'd be yeah. great. Mm. But yeah. So yeah, I wrote that book. Breaking Free, a Teenager's and Young Adult's Guide to Identifying Their Addictions and Overcoming Them. So yeah. I put in there my stuff while I drank and partied and smoked and mm. well, I smoked a fitting. I didn't really smoke much, but there was some photos of me smoking that's around still. Mm. And there's um, different things why I did those things and um, why I was negative and and then it's all the tools that helped me. So then I have journal pages in there as well. So it's like, well, are you stressed when you want to go and smoke? Are you stressed when you want to watch the porn? Like what's, what emotions coming up? Can you feel that emotion? Mm. Have you felt that before? Do you know what it is? And it's like general pages and then tools at the end that, that help me, that help me. That still help me now, but there's a lot more that I've added to that tool belt. But back then those tools helped me get out of where, where I was then. Yeah. That's and I wrote that book in six weeks. Like it just all flowed yeah. because that child was validated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're a writer, like you're supposed to be writing. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. it's like I had a mentor, Gina, who um who will watch this as well, listen to this, tell me on a, on on her table, she's like, Nathan, you can do and be multiple things. Mm. There's another deep program I had. It was like I was always I was always gonna be, be this teacher, right? In in the system, do that yeah. for 50 years. Mm. But then when she told me I can be a writer, be a coach, be a podcaster, do like I can be multiple things, it's like that just completely transformed me. Yeah. Because I can I can write, I can speak, mm-hmm. and I can coach and I can do all these things. It's like I don't have to just be one thing because no. the school system programs you to be one thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they don't show you how to write a business plan and become an entrepreneur. They don't have them come in and do speaks and they don't have them on YouTube talking about how to make whatever, you know, how to buy businesses and get in the business. There's a reason for that. Because mm, they, they want you writing resumes and cover letters to be one thing in a system, building someone else's dream, not building your own. That's the mm. school system. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it just so freeing knowing that you don't have to just be one thing in a box with a literally. big around it, you know? <laughs> yeah, literally. And I yeah. was happy and grateful to be able to pop out of that box and sit here now and confidently be like, well, we, don't, we can all do this. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm this great guy, this wonderful life. No, shit's, shit's still getting hard, but yeah. you can have the power to do this too. And that's what I'm hoping that people out there will resonate with is like you have the power to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Like you can sit with yourself and ask yourself the same questions I did. Mm. Do the exact, you have to do the exact same thing I did, but do something similar and be like, well, that, there's a reason why you drink. There's a reason why you smoke. There's a reason why you do these things. Mm. It's like sit with yourself and and ask yourself the question is, how am I feeling? And is there a version of myself that that exists beyond this current porn watching or drinking or smoking or drinking drinking coffee, all these things, they're all addictive. Mm. It's like, okay, there's a version of you that exists out there that's already quit it, that's already on the path, that's already there. It's like it's there. Mm -hmm. I walked up to that guy and said, how to download his blueprint how can i be you Mm. i'm walking that path towards that guy now because i went up to him and said hey how can i be a great leader role model father husband brother son how can i be you Mm. he said come here i just hugged him and said all right that's the blueprint Mm. it's it's taken a bit to transform that's patience it's it's happening we can all do that there's a version of you out there that's already quit that thing Go up to that person, go up to that guy, that woman, and be like, how can I be you? Mm. It's like you shed all that shit that you've got carried around you to get to that version. Yeah. It's all the trauma. It's the negative thoughts. It's 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 why you're scarred and scared from love. It's all that stuff, all that shit that you've carried around for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. You can shed it, and that version's there. 
absolutely you're holding yourself back from going back to those dark places yeah and that's the society we we live in today everyone's walking around with something going on in their lives a bit of a motorbike rev up just down the road it's like (laughs) i had one before (laughs) yeah we all have these things go on in our lives but Mm. people don't know how to deal with them it's like well we can help you deal with that to then release it to become better yeah and it's it's so true. And like I always say, it's not always fun and sexy, but when we, we do the work on ourselves, that's when we truly heal um, and give love to ourselves and be kind to ourselves with our journeys. And just um, I think we said this on, on our chin wag is like we're exactly where we're supposed to be. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. And to yep. tap into our intuition, really learn to trust the guidance that we get and trust ourselves more importantly you know yeah like and I started, you start learning about your higher self and your team and like you're not alone like mm. people we believe that we're alone going through this stuff like i felt like i was alone for a long time mm. until i was on the table and it was like grandfather's like, right there i'm like oh i'm not alone like mm. and then when you when you want to go deep into it it's like when i talk to myself i was always talking to him i'm like oh god like <laughs> I'd be always talking myself. I was always that kid that would have imaginary friends talk to myself. I'd, I'd just talk to myself mm. on the bike, going for a run, in the car, walking around the house, talking to myself. It's like, who am I talking to? I'm talking to that guy and many others. Grandpa and yeah. with your team. Absolutely. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Mm. It's so powerful. And they're all around you all the time. They're with you. I know. Life. And it's mm. you can ask them for help. You can ask yourself for help and mm. You know, we all have someone that's passed on from our lives that had a big impact on us. And my grandfather was that for me. It's like, well, he's right there still. Mm. His vessel's like gone, but the soul and spirit lives on forever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's how you remove the fear of death too. It's like, well, technically our vessel, you know, gets to a point where it can't operate anymore. So it's like, well, then our soul leaves and then we transition. Like mm-hmm. we still. We just change form. We're just in the only, this is the only planet or planet that exists that where we don't remember who we are. Like we're supposed to have all these breadcrumbs to remember that. Yeah. So we get our memory wiped. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the point of the game is to remember who you are. So when you remember, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's always unraveling it as well. Yeah. But for me, like that breadcrumb of the child trafficking rabbit hole was like, I could not follow that after that, after watching that and then learning what Dale told me. And then, yeah, I got to thank Dale for actually awakening me to the truths of the world, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then to go through that whole process to then go within and go, oh, this is why I did these things. Mm, yeah. These are the programs I had, but they're just, they're just programs. And then, and they're things that people just have said. And that's, and you've taken that interpretation of them to you as a negative thing and mm. deem yourself not worthy of that thing that you want to do. Yeah, because of your patterns and programs. Yeah. But you can change all of that. Absolutely. And that's the work we do, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, and I, I know what you mean, like with the, the child trafficking and that sort of stuff, it's it, it's one of those things that when you do discover it and you, you, you talk to people about it, you think everyone would want to know as well, and that can be um, not everyone does. <laughs> no, they don't. No. Because not everyone wants to go within either. Yeah, so If you can't right. face the truths of the world, then I'm sorry, people, then you're not going to be able to face the truth that exists within you either because the universe is, is a mirror. It mirrors us back to our reality. Mm. So if you're not comfortable in going with the truths within, then the truths of the world are going to trigger you and scare you then mm. because your truths trigger you and scare you. Yeah. That's how this whole thing works. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big mirror and there's, there's so much, there's so much to it really. Um, yeah. Where do you want to go from here? What's on your heart that you really want to share from here? Oh, I'm just, if there's someone out there that's a male, it doesn't matter if it's a female that has, that is doing what I used to do, drink, party, smoke. Doesn't matter how old you are. We all still do it. Well, I don't do it anymore. I chose not to. It's like, if you're stuck, you're struggling and you've got nothing, like you say to yourself, you have nothing left to give. Well, you can ask for help from either Narita or myself or from whoever has lived that path. And yes, there are some great psychologists out there. The holistic ones are way better, but there are some psychologists out there, but they don't sit with you and tell you their stuff. They tell you to, here's an antidepressant to numb that pain that you had when you were five. Like they might say, oh, maybe you should stop quit. Maybe you should quit that thing. Maybe you should stop smoking, stop drinking. 
but then you see them out on a Saturday night and they're carrying on like they're 22 again, drinking, partying and smoking. And they, and they just told you to stop. And you're like, didn't you just tell me to stop that? Mm. Here you are carrying on like that. It's like whatever I preach, yeah, I go back to it sometimes, but there's a reason why I do because some things do come up. But we have lived that life and I share my experiences on a really deep level to help you shift yours. And that's the most beautiful thing mm. because it's a healing conversation. The client might say something to me and I go, I didn't think of it like that. Mm. I've had moments where I've had a client and they're like, tell me something. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. But mm. it was, it's, it's a converse. It's a two-way street. They're helping me just as much as I'm helping them. Absolutely. And that's the way it should be. But mm. this system has inverted that from happening yeah. for multiple multiple reasons, which we can delve into another time. It's like once you learn this whole system, it's like they're always encouraging you, but or not encouraging you, programming you to run away from yourself and distract yourself with video games and porn and all these things. Like Our young adults right now are all playing video games, staying up late at night, getting exposed to blue light. Mm. Yeah. On their phones, doing all these things. It's like... They know how powerful these young souls are. Mm. I've had it come to me and I know how powerful they are because I've worked with them now. Yeah. But the ones that are born after 2000, they know what's going on. Mm. They have gifts that are, that are literally are going to change the world. Mm. So what came in after 2000, like the, the HD blue light stuff, the video games, the iPods, the iPhones, the i-everything, mm. watches that you shouldn't be wearing and the air like all this stuff is to distract that particular group of youth because if they were to remember their spiritual side and who they are, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening, they're changing the world. Mm. And that's my sole mission to help as many of them as, as I possibly can. Yeah. Because I know how powerful they are. Yeah. And I had that down. I got that down like two or three years ago mm. when I set myself off this path to help the youth. I didn't know why. But they told me they're like, they're powerful. Mm. I didn't know how powerful they were until I started working with them. And I'm like, oh my God, they can see things and hear things, but then be so quick that when they shift something that's going on with them, they can instantly feel it and hear it. I've had clients literally see their loved ones just from shifting something towards them or shifting something from within to be like, she's sitting over there. I'm like, yeah, she is. Mm. I can, I can, I can feel her. Mm. It's the most beautiful thing because mm. these youth are so powerful. And if they were to put this shit down and sit with themselves, these youth are going to change this world. It's like we're showing them the door and they're going to burst through it. Mm. I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're definitely- you're, if you're listening to this and you follow me <laughs> or you follow Narita and you're under the age, oh, when, when was 2000? If you're un, over the age of 23, or even slightly under, you are extremely powerful. Mm. And I hope what I just said resonated with you. Mm. Because yeah. just remember that society wants you to not see these things. Society wants you to not hear these things. Mm. I just want you to know I see them and hear them too. Mm. doesn't matter how old you are. It's like I have kids in, uh, sometimes where I go back to my old job. It's like I can't say too much, but it's like I want to say I see them and hear them too because mm. – I, I know what you're seeing and feeling because when I was your age, I was told to just not write and not do these things. It's like, I want to help you not get to when you're 25 and go, shit, look at the stuff I've done. I want you to learn this now. Mm, yeah. Go, well, you know, you've got someone in your life that can see and hear things that you can hear and see. It's like that there's, there's always someone out there if you're, if you're listening and watching. But if it's not woo-woo to see a grandfather the way I see mine, it's not woo-woo to see these things, angels and demons and all this stuff. It's like it's not woo-woo because it's here. You're in a you're in a, a state of vibration that's low that you can't. And society doesn't want you seeing these things because all this stuff's woo-woo. It's not woo-woo, people. Mm. It's not. No. They're all there trying to talk to us. And I was so grateful that I was pretty much shaken awake to be like, Nathan, just fucking stop and listen. <laughs> as soon as I fucking stopped and listened, it was the day I changed my life. Mm, and yeah. they're always there. Mm. Always. Yeah. 
So yeah. do, you, do you feel that their souls um, have chosen the path that they're on anyway? So they will they will switch on right when they need to. They will, yeah. And I think what Harley was talking about in one of his Insta stories about something else coming soon, I think that's going to awaken more of these young souls. Mm. Because when these young souls awaken into the other side, like they have powers that are beyond beyond ours. Mm. They, they, they really are. Some of the ones I'm seeing and talking to, I'm like, if you just remembered that, yeah, you could change the world tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, they're so tapped in. I mean, they are. we all are. And they don't, they don't, they don't even realise how tapped in they are until you make them aware of it and help them remember that. Yeah. Like I was sitting, I'm going to share this story. I hope this client allows me to share this story, which I think she will. I literally shifted something for her and she did a reading on me. Mm. She's like 19. She's mm. like, Nathan, you're feeling a bit sad today. I'm like, yeah, I am feeling sad today. Mm. That was the second session I had with her. And she's like, Nathan, you're feeling sad today. She's already tapped in to yeah. me and mm. I'm helping her. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It is it's wild. tarot cards and all this sort of stuff now. It's like, oh, my God. Mm. Go away and be awesome. Yeah. I've done my job. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, people can be a bit afraid of their power, too. Um, yep. Because, you know, maybe it's got them into trouble as a little tacker or um you know or they've been shunned or shamed about for having it yeah for having it so they never had they never had a person i never had one either but i'm grateful i had myself but they never had a person to to to, just to sit with them and say look i see that i Mm. hear that i feel that you know we never had a parent or someone say you know what i do see my mum there the way you see your grandfather or your your grandmother there Mm. because society and that is like no this shit's woo-woo Mm. Well, I think what's cool now is the people that have gone through the ringer, uh, like the older, uh, the parents that have um, awakened and gone through that, they're aware of that. So they're bringing in the children. They're able to say, oh, so what is it that you tell me about it? Like, Mm. Um, we should be having these conversations all the time with our kids. Yeah. And it's happening more and more. And Mm. it's just from years ago to now, it's happening like, exponentially so imagine just in another 10 years how how much it will be yeah yeah mm. and that's what's helping shift the and i know the for me that if i had that person be like well i did eventually find those people by the way but it took me 25 years to find them that did feel the way i felt and saw that and it's like oh yeah thank you like there mm. are people out there that do see and hear and feel things the way i do it's like fantastic there's my tribe yeah yeah Absolutely. You can have those crazy conversations without feeling crazy. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to not, well, yeah, even like, even when all this stuff started, you start learning the truth. So we don't even want to have those conversations either, but mm-hmm. I was still trying to tell people that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Lining mm-hmm. up for an experimental jab in your left arm. It's like, you know, you, I was trying to tell as many people as I could not to take that thing, but mm-hmm. then you learn the soul during the soul contracts. And it's like, well, they chose that. So I can't interfere with that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's uh, that can be, I think that can be the a hard pill to swallow because you've What's got a big heart and you want you want all the people that you love to be okay. Like that's mm. the only reason you're saying it. You wouldn't be saying it for any other reason. No. Um, so um, that that's also a shift in, in consciousness as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And more and more people um, will need to start be ed- not educate. I hate that word. Need to start relearning some of this stuff, and mm. you know, my biggest dream is to build a facility, not a, not even a facility, like a school community, not even a school community, like a healing community to be like, well, you know, like a like a not really a school, but like a thing with like we have the kids in there and they're learning about their subconscious mind, they're learning about mm. spirit, they're learning about how powerful they are, they're learning about all these things. That's that's my dream. But yeah. then to have still a school but like a spiritual bush school and you yeah. have like the parents there as well and they're going through their stuff too yeah so it's not so you're not taking the parents away mm. to be minded by us no you're here too and you're a big big part of your child's development because you're going through your stuff as well mm. so there's like yoga and meditations and crystal sound bowls and like this massive retreat it's like well great the parents they're doing their thing Kids do their thing too. And it's like, well, let's have a campfire. Let's all have a healing circle. Let's all talk about what our fears are, what this place might be, what what story we've had. And then the kids can contribute. And it's like, well, that is how the parents can then 
be a part of their child's development, not learning, the development, relearning. Because mm. we've all learned this before. We're just repeating it again because yeah. we're supposed to. And it's like we're not going to be up there sitting on a wall like this here with a massive whiteboard going, you copy this. I'm going to write, today I went and played in the grass. No, no, no. What do you want to write about? Do you even want to write today? Mm. Do you want to do something else? Do you want to go outside and play with your friends? Then go outside and play with your friends. You're not going to ask permission to be a, to, to, to be free. That's another program in the school too. Mm. Can I go to the toilet, miss? Can I get a drink, miss? Can I leave the room, miss? It's like, you want to leave the room? Great, leave the room. Yeah. I'm not going to be in a room. We're going to be outside. You want to leave? Leave. Yeah. yeah. I don't, doesn't, you know, it's like we are, and then we're trained in that system to be asking permission to be free. What did everyone do during the whole stuff of the last three years? People are asking permission from daddy government to give them their freedom back. Mm. There's your problem, reaction, solution. There's your solution. We'll give you this for your freedom. Mm. Yeah. Daddy government, can I, can I be free now? It's like, well, no, you are free. You don't need this to be free. You are free. Yeah. You are sovereign and you are powerful. Sovereign. Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. how I see it. Yeah. yeah. And then this, this, that's what I want to build. I want to have that everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Because our children need that, mm. but also our parents do too. Yeah, because the kids then, pick up so much on on the parents too, so they're so they connected. And you can't do all this work on the children not have the parents involved doing their work either because 100%. it's going to be an imbalance there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So the I'll... parents are learning or relearning, the kids are relearning, and it's mm-hmm. like a healing place. They're coming together for something so special. Mm. But I've seen the vision for it and I can't wait. I know I'm on the blueprint for it. It's just I just wish it was here now, but, you know. <laughs> you got the the patience, the unfolding. That's it. The that's, yeah. that's what I want to build. And it's like, well, our society and our community needs that. And mm. that's what I'm here to do yeah. eventually. I'm here to do this first. But, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the biggest dream of my soul blueprint right there. Yeah. And you got to have that fire in your belly to. Oh, it's there. Sometimes I ignore it, though. Purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> no, nah, it's there. It's, it's been there today, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like um, another guy, Nathan, he's a kinesiologist and he talks about doing the surrogate sessions and how he will have um, like the dad on the table surrogating for the child so that he can tap into the, the child's energy. And so he starts yeah. acting like a four-year-old, but he can then <laughs> be there and I think that is so powerful like you said before to your point about the adults doing the work as well as the children otherwise it is an imbalance because we've all got uh, we've all got our work to do all of us we do yeah and and you know we're not going to be standing up there in front of people being authority figures either I just want people to realize that it's going to be like a healing circle we're all co-creating yeah and Mm. there's not going to be someone that's going to be an authority figure that you're looking up at to yeah because when you are in that state of that's 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 I'm just going to call for it is that that's that's mind control it is mind because control. what they did three years ago is when you had Dan Andrews always people standing up on the, on the podium you're looking up at them yeah. as an authority figure but what were you trying to do in school the teacher was always yeah. either above and you're looking up yeah that's yeah. that's that's mind control that's a mind what does a hypnotist do what does a hypnotist do when they put you in the state they have to you're looking up mm. So yeah. why don't you look up at your best life and your best self and who you're supposed to be? Look up at that and yeah. then go to sleep and then be like, oh, that's that's me mind controlling myself to become awesome. Yeah, and that's what I do with my clients. So I give them a hypnosis recording. Mm. They're looking up a set of stairs and then they're looking down the set of stairs and they're off to sleep or they're listening to the recording going, I'm going to be so awesome today. Yeah, I'm going to be so loving today. Whatever it is, you know, yeah. that's, that's mind control. It's it like mind we're control. mind controlling our people to be better, not worse. Mm, that's right. It's like it's a tool that can be used for good or evil and you get Correct. to choose. So what? which exactly. path do you want to choose? You've always got choice and, yeah, yeah, 100%. yeah absolutely. Oh, this has been so great, Nathan. I, don't, I think we've um, we've hit the mark. Um, is have. there anything else that you want to share about and also where can people find you? All right, so we'll answer the first part of that question. <laughs> um, there was one. If you're in a place where you're stuck, struggling, and I said before, if you're in that place, there is always a, a, a way out. Mm. There's a light there too. It's your light. Yeah. I can help you. Narita can help you. Someone, we can help you find that light because it's your light. We just give you the tools 
the reprogramming patterns, all these things to be like, go and get that light. But in the questionnaire with me, you fill out all your shit first. And then at the end of it, you, you manifest what you want. If you had $10 million, what would you spend it on? Those mm. sort of questions at the end. It's like, you got to shed all of that to get to here. Mm. And getting to here is that light. And that light's shining straight through you always. Yeah. Bit of darkness there first though. Mm. And that's what I hope that people have found their light today from listening to my story. I've got so many more layers to my story. I'm looking forward to sharing one day, but yeah, I hope yeah. people have resonated with that because we all can, we can all do this. Absolutely. It's a co-creation. We've all got stories. We've all got layers and always and trust. That we always compare ourselves to others. Yeah. Your story is no better than Tom, Dick and Harry's. Their story is no better than yours. Your story is unique to you. It's mm. your story. And we're just going to help you re- rewrite it. Absolutely. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. We, yeah, we're yeah. always comparing ourselves to others. Oh, they've gone through that. But you might have gone through something similar, but theirs was worse than yours. Yeah. And so it, you'd see, oh, well, I'm not going to speak to that because someone else has had it worse over here. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what I was trying to say. My brother just said, that's the, that's better. So obviously I worded that better. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. He, he gave me a look over the corner as if to say, what are you trying to say there? I was like, no, that's what I said. I meant, I meant it like that. It's like we compare yeah. our stories to other people. Yeah. And we deem our story is not worthy because someone else has had it worse. That's right. It's, it's so your true. story. It's, it's unique to you and it's going to change someone's life, whether it was yeah. bad, good, ugly, or beautiful. Just mm. go with it and say it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that happens because some, uh, so many times people say, oh, I'm feeling this, but I shouldn't be feeling this way because people have had it so much worse. I'm like, correct. No, but yet they're your feelings. You have to honor them just because someone else is like, it, it's still Doesn't your matter. feelings and your, yeah. So that's a really good point. Absolutely. And if people want to find me, I've got a website, teenagesselfsabotage.com. Uh, you can just type my name in any social media platform and you'll find me. And my podcast is called Breaking Free. And I've had Narita is coming on. She's already been on actually. That episode will go up next week. So yeah. Awesome. Come and find my podcast. Um, you find me on all the social media. Just put, put my name in there at Nathan Francis, and you'll see me on there doing some walk and talks and going deep. I write blogs. You'll see my blogs on my website. They they've just gotten deeper. I've written fifty now. I've done sixty podcast episodes. Each one gets deeper every time. Mm, yeah, it's like I shed something for the week and then I write about it. That's yeah. how it sort of worked out now. So yeah, and my next blog is about my. This week was two years since I quit alcohol. So mm. looking forward to writing that one in the next couple of days. That'd be great. You're definitely on the right path and where you're supposed to be, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing all your awesome with us. It's been no awesome. Thank you to you guys who have been listening in. I hope you've got so much out of this episode as always. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, be sure to do so. I'll leave a review. Subscribe. If, you're, if you're following me, podcast. listening to me, subscribe. <laughs> you heard him. Subscribe to Nathan's channel as well, the Breaking Free podcast. Um, and, yeah, look, just thank you so much for being here, Nathan. Thank you, everyone. No it's been awesome. I just want to say I'm glad I reached out to you last week and made it happen, right? Hey? Yeah, you did well. You followed that <laughs> spirit guide, you know, that guidance. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. No worries.